Mike Sullivan's a smart guy. He's surrounded by an awful lot of other smart guys, including on the bench in front of him. So why won't the team overall smarten up? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. There are nine days until the opening of training camp at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex up in Cranberry. A lot of players are already in the fold, and those players who are skating in semi-organized, semi-disciplined sessions up there on rank one are not really in need of any coaches, which is good because coaches aren't allowed to be out there. But they're smart people. They're people who've been around the game their whole lives, and in a lot of cases, for better or worse, they've been in the National Hockey League for double-digit seasons. These are people who know a lot more about this beautiful game than most others do in the league. And yet, you guessed yet where I'm going with this? And yet, the Mike Sullivan system is as simple and basic and unchanged as any across all 32 franchises. In fact, given Sullivan's tenure and how unusual it is for one coach to stay with a team as long as he has, my guess is that it would probably be the most predictable set of X's and O's anywhere. You know exactly what the Penguins are going to be in all three zones. You know exactly what they're going to be when holding the lead, when falling behind. And the reason for that is that nothing ever really gets altered. Now, in fairness to Sullivan, the system has won two championships. Those can never be erased no matter what happens after it. They won two championships. And they did it in a really aggressive, entertaining, no-apologies kind of way. Outskated everybody, outchanced everybody, outshot everybody, ultimately outscored everybody. Great, great stuff. And on top of that, it's the kind of system that equally emphasizes offense and defense. All of the priorities are the same, regardless of where you are on the rink. It keeps things, well, use those words again, simple and basic for any player, whether they've been in Pittsburgh for a decade or longer, or whether they just came up from Wilkes-Barre Scranton yesterday. They know exactly what they're supposed to do, when and where. But I'm going to take you back to something. Those of you who've been following this team for a while, you might recall that when Dan Bilesmo was coaching, the Penguins had a lot of different set plays, like uh, football-style set plays, especially off face-offs. And some of them were pretty neat. Now, the Sullivan Penguins have those, too. Uh, particularly in the neutral zone, when you're looking to spring somebody with one of those long cross-ice passes. You know what I'm talking about. But the Bilesma teams were known 
around the league for being able to adapt on the spot. Like, just say, hey, we're going to try this one different thing. And not something as basic as, hey, let's just chip and chase, boys. Come on. They're, they're not letting us get through the neutral zone. Let's chip and chase. That's an adjustment, but that's not really anything that's schematic. I and mean, that's not where you have to draw up some kind of diagram for where your players are supposed to be. The Bilesma systems would change constantly within the game. And even back then, I remember thinking to myself, man, this is just going to blow up in their faces one of these days because hockey players tend to not like shifting stuff around. But that group with Sid, Gino, Latang, obviously those three guys, Jordan Stahl, Pascal Dupuis, Chris Kunitz, Brooks Orpik. I'm spreading this out over, obviously, several years because not all of these players overlapped. But they were able to do this stuff because they were so heady. Well, look at this roster that's here now. First of all, I just mentioned several of the names. But beyond that, Jake Gensel, coach's son, one of the brighter players you'll ever see on a hockey rink. Always, 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 almost frightening, makes the right decision. Ricard Raquel, born with a through-the-roof hockey IQ. Riley Smith, you're going to love this guy for his head for the game. And yet everyone that I just mentioned probably stands in line behind Lars Eller in this category. That's how smart he is on the rink. Who am I forgetting here? Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I think 65 can make something happen out of nothing because of his own hockey brilliance. That's not a word I fling around casually. Eric Carlson deserves it. So if you have that, you don't just need to say to the room, hey, boys, go play hard. Uh, Play the game the right way. Let's see something, you know? Capitalize on that. If everyone acknowledges, and they should that being older comes with its disadvantages in the sport, then use the advantages. Mix things up a little bit. Try some stuff. Don't worry. They'll still remember how to play the game the right way. When we come back, J1Q. Incidentally, comes on a related subject from D, who says, I've heard a lot of criticism over the years that Mike Sullivan uses the same emphasis on speed today that he used in 2016, in spite of the team being significantly older. Is there truth to this? Yeah, there is. But the first response I always have when I hear this myself, and I hear it a lot, is that the Penguins as a whole are really not a slow team. And that tends to make some people either widen their eyes or cringe or whatever because it's it's repeated so often that they're older that you don't always consider the full roster. You don't always consider the full mobility. And you don't even always consider that your guys who are older, two of them are Sid and Gino, and the third one is 
Latang. And these are three extraordinarily mobile individuals, like now. Not as mobile as they were, but they had a gear to give along the way. Brian Russ didn't have his best season, but this is still one of the NHL's top actual skaters in terms of just raw speed. Ricard Raquel can move. A couple of the guys that Kyle Dubas picked up for the bottom six, even though they're out there principally for their defending capabilities, they can move too. The blue line's still not as mobile as I'd like it to be, but it's a little bit more mobile than it was last season, certainly with adding Eric Carlson. So where Sullivan becomes a stickler for this priority with speed is on the forecheck. If you can't get in on the forecheck to his satisfaction and you're a forward, you can't play for him. I've heard this countless times, especially when it comes to the wingers, triply, quadruply so when it comes to the wingers. You've got to be able to get down there. You've got to be able to wreak havoc. And if you can't get there in time, you're not doing him any good. So that's one of the reasons, almost a parenthetical reason for the stance I just took in the opening segment, where I'd like to see them try some different things. That's mostly aimed at just giving the opponent different looks. So the team's still fast enough to play a speed-based system. I guess here again, taking this back to what I just talked about before the break, it would behoove everyone if they, the Penguins, could change their own speeds and maybe perform in different ways. Not everything has to be X, 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 and no O's. You know, and and one other point I want to make here before signing off today is that what really happened to the Penguins after 2016 and 2017, but especially after 2016, was the rest of the league saw what they did. And the rest of the league caught on, and the rest of the league went out and found all the Carl Hagelins in the world and threw them onto their lineups and said, we can never get caught with our trousers down like that again. We're not going to go out there and be big, bad, and slow. So you saw teams pass up on bulk and toughness and instead add a bunch of fast guys. The Capitals ended up finally breaking through and winning their cup because they parted ways with at least a little bit of the snarl and added some speed. So what happened to the Penguins wasn't as much that they slowed down. It was that the rest of the league caught up. Now, we're way past that phase. I'm just throwing that in there just as an oh, by the way. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 